Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo, or at least one of them. It kind of depends, and probably some rando too. But no complaining, because this is free. Free! This is Beauty and the Beta bonus audio content. Hello and welcome to the show. I recently received an email from listener Stephen Wiggin, a six-year naval veteran, asking to speak with me about the recent and swift push to apply gender-neutral terms and titles within the Navy. I've linked a pair of articles in the description that he sent to me. You can use them for your reference if you'd like to look into the issue. Thanks to Stephen, both for his service and for listening to the show. And I hope you, dear listener, will appreciate his thoughts. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Hello and welcome to some extra content. I'm here with uh, listener Stephen Wiggin, who is a veteran of six years of naval service, worked on a Trident missile submarine, and we are going to discuss the creeping advance of political correctness into the American military, specifically the Navy, and the move to, uh, quote, modernize the rating titles of all sailors to use gender neutral terms. So Stephen, uh, thank you for serving. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the show. And my first question is, did I say anything incorrectly in introducing that? You have not. No. Excellent. Yeah. Right on. Let me, uh, let me start with this. I'd I'd just like to familiarize myself and the audience with the nature of your career and your service in the Navy. So can you just describe what your job was, kind of what your day-to-day was like, what your role in the Navy was like. Okay. Um, I want to first state by saying that anything we talk about specifically uh, involving the Navy is not a direct reflection of the U.S. Navy. It is my my own personal experiences uh, and my interpretation of them uh, based off of what was going on around me. Uh, so just with that out, um, I was a uh, – see, I joined the Navy six years ago. Uh, two years after uh, President Obama took office, he appointed Secretary Ray Mabus as the Secretary of the Navy, who is in charge of uh, things such as like naming the different vessels that are made, made uh, uh, you know, just overseeing the operations of the Navy. He's the civilian guy in charge. Uh, well, at the point, you know, uh, that I joined, um, I joined as a nuclear operator. So I went to training for two years. Uh, two years after that, I got stationed to a boat and shipyard and then I took that reactor critical for the first time and then went out to sea for two years before I got out of the Navy. Uh, and in that six year of six years of progression, there was a steady, uh, this is not my own words. This is words of the people around me, the community I was in, uh, the steady softening of the Navy. Um, hmm. and each, you gotta understand, uh, each command's a little bit different, but, Every command gets their push from higher up. So if something, a prerogative is pushed from up high, it comes down. Um, now, a big deal for things like that is like hazing and stuff like that. Uh, like no one, let, you know, you don't you want to stay away from that. Uh, but at the same time, the definition of what hazing actually is started to change in the time that I was in. Uh, for example, if somebody comes to a boat, you have to get qualified in a rapid, like quick, very quickly to start standing watch and take the burden off the guys that are already there. Um, and so if you don't do your job and qualify, 
you do things to motivate them. And they started taking the motivational tools that we had away. Uh, for example, we would call them nubs, you know, non-useful bodies uh, okay. and stuff like that. And that, that became offensive and we weren't allowed to use it after So, a while. yeah, even just colloquial stuff, not even formal Navy titles, but just kind of slang that you guys would use among each other. Yeah. Okay. So, so I want to back it up just a little bit too, because that's, I mean, that's really interesting, but the starting point for our conversation is the, the softening of the formal titles. And, and that's kind of the big controversy. Yeah. Can you explain that to me? Cause so Ray Mavis comes in in 2009 and there's this big push that, that actually just went into effect, right? So like this, mm -hmm. this fall, is that when this took place, but he's going to change the, the titles for, um, for jobs in the Navy, basically. Can you yeah. explain that? Yes, that's yes. a uh, controversy. Not to get out. Sorry, I got a little distracted. But no, I mean, I, I think it's even more interesting that they're policing what you guys say to each other, yeah. just joking among each other. Um, that's that's a step beyond even the controversy that I knew existed. But I want to give full context to that more yeah. formal controversy, I suppose. Yeah. So, um, so in my so on a submarine, there's different. You know, it's a small sample of what the whole Navy is, right? You have submarines, which is kind of like a small town of people, like 160 or so people, give or take 20. And then you have carriers, which could be up to 5,000, which is a large, like, you know, a small city um, that's on the water. Uh, and so, again, different commands, different, you know, people act differently. Uh, but while I was in, um, especially around the end, there was this push to make the, the Navy a little more gender friendly. Uh, you know, the, the entire time I've been in, there was they started including the integration of women in, in the Navy, in submarines specifically, um, which I don't have a problem with if they can meet the standards that everybody has. Uh, however, at first it was officers. The officers, they did a trial run. Um, they had some problems, but not necessarily with the women. It was the interaction with guys and women, which I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that. <laughs> Specifically, because it was already taken care of. But hmm. um, for the most part, the women integration was going fine. Uh, but then later on, they had a uh, – before I got out, they actually were doing a class of enlisted female submariners. Uh, and that – nobody was really happy about that. Uh, and there's, there's a reason behind that, and I'll come back to that. Let me get back to the title. I apologize. Um, so the title thing, on my last few days that I was in the Navy, it was in August, and uh, I started seeing message traffic. And message traffic is just the way that the Navy talks to each other, basically. every All the different boats in that area will use message traffic, and they'll communicate with each other, mm -hmm. uh, mostly formal. And I was reading some of the message traffic, and um, one of the pushes coming forward, it's official messages, so one of the pushes coming was they're going to be re removing the word man from enlisted titles like torpedo men will no longer be torpedo men there's they, they haven't decided how they're going to do it but that's coming you know they want to make a more gender friendly uh navy and lo and behold you know that was back in august uh nothing really changed we were just kind of like sitting waiting to seeing what to expect in september 29th i was already out of the navy they but they just eliminated navy rates altogether and uh, in the Navy, you have two ways of identification. You have your pay grade, which is the amount you make, and it's the same mm -hmm. throughout the military. Uh, you can literally Google what I, I was an E6. You can Google right now what I made by right. looking up E6. But your rate is who you identified with. I was an electronics technician, nuclear. 
I was a nuclear uh, operator on a submarine, basically, is what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Homer Simpson of submarines, I believe you exactly. said, right? Precisely. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, a little more intelligent, <laughs> a little more uh, uh, sometimes know, sharp. Let's sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I've known some dumb ones, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it's just it's your community. Like you all went to the same school. You you had the same bullcrap you you dealt with throughout the entire you know training process, and you got to a boat. And you had to deal with the same types of people because for some reason, every electronics technician wears glasses that they had to push up all the time and they breathe uh-huh. through their mouths. You know, it's just that's yeah. the kind of community you, you, you get used to. Um, but with this push in, on September 29th, uh, it was forwarded by Ray Mabus and they had the admirals, uh, the CNO and the CNP, which is a chief naval oper- chief naval operator and uh, – ah, forgot the, the chief of naval personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are the admirals, basically. They, they, they were given May Mavis full support on it. Uh, and then the Pom was on his way out, so he did not care. He was like, ah, whatever, because <laughs> he, he had no power in it. Well, that's what's so interesting to me about all of this is Mavis is now, we'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but Mavis is out the door now. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me just as somebody, as a civilian layperson, not, uh, involved in this in any way, it seems to me like this is a bizarre sort of last minute move on the part of a lot of people. And, and it's, it's strange to me. Um, I, I guess the motives are kind of strange to me. One thing I'd like to, to touch on it, uh, to, um, to touch on with you as well is the, it, it strikes me as a very top down move like you're describing. And, and I think some of the coverage mentions that. So there's one quote in the Navy times article on this, an anonymous sailor is quoted as saying, uh, quote, not a single sailor across pay grade and gender lines I spoke with saw the need to change the names uh, or ratings based on gender neutrality. And that sounds consistent with what you're describing. Do you know anyone? And obviously I'm not looking for names, but just anyone in your, your peer group, anyone of, of your fellow sailors who thought this was great or I've went even through, needed. I've, asked, I've actually just talked to my fellow sailors and whatnot and nobody wanted this at all and in fact they they did it out of malicious compliance they would just obediently <laughs> uh almost in a snarky way that submariners do uh go along with it and they would you know people wouldn't do it and then others would correct them just out of just the sheer hate of the the fact that it happened uh and, ah yeah the, so kind of like anti-politically correct corrections then if i'm exactly Okay. <laughs> that's that's what we do. We do that all the time. Yeah. Like there a long time ago, there was a push to make instead of saying shipmate because that had a, a negative connotation. Uh, whenever you're getting in trouble, that's when they they say shipmate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, kind of like when your parents use your full name. Right. Uh, and so they they were trying to get away from that, so they're they're going to say sea warriors, but that that didn't stick. No one did that. <laughs> but well, I wanna... same, same kind of thing. What but... do you think? Do you th- do you think that? the motives of leadership here are just to make people feel better. Or do you think there's something more malicious at play? I mean, I I guess I just don't understand why if, if the sailors don't want it and nobody seems to care, what, what is the purpose? Why are they wasting their time? I wrote, I wrote a thought down on this and uh, just so I get the words, but I'll read it for you. Um, But I think this is my own personal thought here. uh, Trying in the, the name to be tolerant, um, you know, in the idea of, you know, making everyone have, you know, their, their push for civil rights or whatever, just like, you know, um, the, na- uh, Mick, sorry, the SECNAV, Ray Mabus, mm-hmm. uh, was willing to strip the identities of 
every sailor to make a few sailors that happen to be transgender feel better. Ah, so were there any high profile examples of people like that? Or are you just kind of speculating that there might've been, is there, is there a person, is there like a, is, is there a Caitlyn Jenner of the Navy that made this happen? I guess. I don't, no. I'm not even looking for you to name names, even if you, even if you know the person anonymously, but I said, as you know, I, I read the Navy times. I've never really heard of anything. I don't even know any transgenders myself. So we had uh, three homosexual individuals on my boat, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess if you compare it to the United States, about 3% of the United States, well, is, you know, uh, homosexual, then 3% sure. of our boat was homosexual too. in that, yeah. that number. Uh, and you know, we had no problems with them. Uh, and you know, they, they were, just fine. Like we, we worked with them just well and it's not like a big deal. It just, no one really cared. In fact, uh, you know, they say anyway, uh, a hundred sailors go out to sea on a submarine and 50 couples come back. So it's, I mean, <laughs> they fit right into the culture anyway. <laughs> One of the things I read too, was this was quite a drastic change, quite, a, I guess to phrase it better, quite a quick change, um, dr- both drastic, but also quick, not something that was implemented gradually over time. It's not like this started when you first got into the Navy and it's now being completed. This was something that's like, Hey, uh, this is now the policy. These are now the titles overnight. Um, one, is that true? Is that, am I I understanding that correctly? And two, why do you think that decision was made? Why not? Why do this immediately instead of overnight? So instead of gradually, I mean, sorry. On one of the articles, uh, I couldn't find a better way to put it. Um, but they were, we don't really know, and there was really no. It, so normally, uh, I'm gonna write a word down real quick so I don't forget it. So t- typically, when they implement new policy changes or experimental things like this, like with the women on submarines, they first they do a control group. They try it on one submarine, and then see how that goes. And if it works there, they try it on others. But they use like you know uh, officers first, and then they mm-hmm. they kind of gradually work it in. Um, and in this is completely different than the way they've ever done anything. And this is why it completely blew our minds. Like, what is going on? Uh, because normally it would be a control group. They would try it somewhere, see how they liked it. Uh, and, you know, if it, if it wasn't too bad, they would try it somewhere. They didn't do that. They just did it. Uh, and not only did they just do it, they had, it wasn't completely fully developed. Uh, in fact, uh, there's, there's a video of them. They're advertising the, the, the whole policy change. Like, hey, we're doing this. And it's going to be great. You're going to love it. We're not really done with what we're doing. We're, we're still trying to figure the work it out, but we'll get there. And that was it. Like that's the only notice we got. Uh, before that, the only only kind of hint that we got at it was that they were trying to take the word man out of our enlisted rates, like torpedo men, you know. Hmm. Uh, and that was the hint that we got. And then all of a sudden, this happened. Like why? <laughs> so. Yeah, the, I read in the article from the Navy Times, these changes were made, quote, despite having gathered very little input for the rank and file personnel principally affected. So to me, that makes it sound like, I mean, they say very little. So maybe there was some, I mean, to your point, maybe there's this, maybe this was tested in a very small scale and inadequately, but it may, to me, I read that and think people like you were basically never asked about this or never mm-hmm. Uh, I've never had any of this kind of tested on you at all before it just changes overnight. Yeah. The, um, just sorry, I also want to mention too, uh, this, the policy got so much backlash from the fleet, from the, just the general sailors who, again, uh, 
they identified with their rating and they took that away from them. So what do they have to do anymore? Like they don't even, <laughs> what is their job? Uh, you know, that's a lot of people just had a lot of questions and there was no answers and they got so much backlash that, um, they ended up giving them back on December 20, 20th, their rating system, uh, with a few minor tweaks here and there. Wow. Okay. So it did come back. However, uh, this, like the start of this year, they, they implemented something else and it, they started making them all do transgender training. Uh, and that is a legit thing. I'm not even kidding. Like they are now training sailors on, uh, the integration of transgenders into the military. I haven't known any myself. I don't. I didn't think it was a problem, <laughs> but we're it, they're literally giving them training. I haven't seen the training myself, unfortunately. I just heard about it from my buddies. But Jeez. but there's now transgender training that you have to do annually, um, <sighs> right next to you know classified information training and this training. You know, just, you always get trains you do every year, and they just threw it in with that. Right. How <laughs> how to fight in wars is one training, and then the other training is how to be nice to trannies. That is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's an oversimplification, but it does strike me as odd that we have, I mean, at one level, in a very simplified sense, we are cultivating the, the greatest killing force the world has ever seen, or the greatest force to fight for our people, right? And then on the other hand, we have uh, the this Social quest this quest to become, yeah, the most, uh, I don't know, soft, loving uh institution possible it just strikes me as kind of conflicting purposes um but uh, you know i digress um to your point on them walking it back a little bit i did see some coverage that said um there was so there was a white house petition on this in the fall um which works just like any other white house petition if you get a hundred thousand verified signatures the white house will give you a response it did clear that hundred thousand um signature hurdle about halloween about october 31st is what i saw mm -hmm. was there a formal white house response on that are you are you aware because I, I haven't seen it i just saw the coverage that said they cleared the hurdle i, I was one of the guys that signed that as well mm -hmm. um for obvious reasons on personal beliefs but uh the you get an email when they do send the response back and uh i, I didn't really notice a direct response to the topic. It's just that it's been uh, identified where uh, we, we, we've taken your input and it's just kind of a generic, here you go, just to make you happy response is what we got. Uh, there was nothing really direct about it. Does that make sense? I don't know how to, I, I don't, I don't know. I got to find that email again. I, so I is, uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm understanding correctly, it was something like, thanks for your thoughts. We'll, we'll look into it. And then you yeah. never hear. Exactly. <laughs> then you never hear anything again. Okay, so I mentioned earlier, uh, Ray Mabus, the guy who was the architect of this policy, as far as I understand, is now out the door with the incoming or the now current Trump administration. Mm -hmm. The new Navy secretary nominee is a person named Philip Biden, about whom I know nothing. Maybe you know some things about Mr. Biden. I don't. I, don't. I, I apologize. Um, okay, well, that was going to be my question. Do we have reason to believe this guy might make things better? But if if we don't know... Uh, we don't know. I can't imagine this would be this policy doesn't strike me as very Trumpian. So if Philip Biden is is Trumpian in nature, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe this would be something that has the potential to change or you, you might be able to speak to it, too. Now that it is the policy, maybe it, I don't know. Is it too entrenched to go back? What do you think the prospects are for returning to the old way or is this just going to be the way it goes forward? So. Uh, the, I think the current, so because they, they walked it back before, um, 
I think before Ray Mavis. I, I, when did you say White Ray Mavis was out the door? Because it was before. Uh, the, basically, it, oh, I thought it was uh, as soon as Obama's. I thought it was basically the end of Obama's term. So I was going to oh. speculate. Uh, I know he's out the door now. I just assumed he was out approximately January 20th. So mm. really recently, okay. but it might've been earlier. I, I don't know. I can't Could look it up. I, yeah. There was, I know there was talk about him resigning early. <laughs> oh, Jen. No, I'm looking at his Wikipedia, January 20th, 2017. Okay. So yeah. So just a week ago. Okay. But yeah, the, so it was then Ray Mavis that walked it back. So specifically, uh, it's just, um, this, the whole idea that, you know, we're, we're more focused on um, these experiment groups inside of the Navy as like kind of our, this is a control group for what we want to do for the world or for the United States. I apologize. It is almost what the kind of vibe that I get, the kind of feeling I get from it, if that makes any sense. And that they're, they're trying things out on us and seeing how we react to see if it's okay to do to the United States Mm -hmm. uh, in a sense. And, uh, and it's just, it, it gets to a dangerous game when you start playing that card uh, not because like, oh, we're, we hate transgenders. It's not what we're saying. We're saying, hey, we have a job to do, but you won't let us do that job because now we have to spend an hour doing this stupid training. And now we have to, you know, we can't train our new guys uh, the way that's worked for, you know, the last hundred or so years. Yeah. Uh, we have to be soft with our words to make them feel welcome and comforted uh, and then slap them on the hand gently whenever they start doing something that isn't their job. Uh, or just being lazy, et cetera. Like we, they were taking any tools that we had away from us is what it felt like. Yeah, it's that. And that's what I really want to get into with the time that we have left here, because, you know, language policing and word policing and making sure everyone's feelings are, aren't hurt is all fine and dandy. Um, dandy, I should say it's, it's not, but it's not the worst thing in the world, I guess. I guess my question is, what does this mean in terms of the actual proficiency of the Navy? What are we sacrificing in order to, uh, what are we sacrificing for happy trannies? Let's put it that way. <laughs> to, be, to be really blunt, like what are, um, what, what are the costs to the Navy beyond, beyond the money it costs to create the trainings and, and the time lost? Is there consequence to how your average sailor performs as a result of this? I, I do think so. Um, Again, uh, my my window of service is is limited. Six years is not a long time in military, you know, time. Mm-hmm. And in that limited window, I got to see a transformation uh, that was remarkable in, in a sense, uh, not in a good way. Just it was interesting to see. Um, but it went from people not really caring what you thought or felt. They just said, "Get your job done." Uh, and this is in a, over a period of six years. Uh, and to a very cuddled <laughs> uh, group, and it's, they're still brash on the end. And when no one's looking, we're, we talk the way we talk. Uh, but you had to be more careful. You had to be, you know, more thoughtful of your words to to, to a certain extent to the new guys because you didn't want them to feel out of place. Because if they went and told on you, you could get in trouble. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> it it sounds to me like you're describing it, you know your third grade. Yeah. Scenario as opposed to this is what my career was like in the most deadly force the world has ever known. I mean, yeah. that, it's just well, it's strange just to like think you about. have an HR, like we had our own yeah. HR effectively, which we didn't, but we kind of like the cob became the, the nanny as opposed the cob is the chief of the boat. He's the guy uh-huh. in charge of all the chiefs. Uh, he became the nanny rather than, 
you know, the guy who made sure that drills were going and this, that, you know, <laughs> it seemed like. So he became yeah. more of a, a thought police to an extent. Gosh, it's, and then, it's so weird. So bizarre. But so and I've, I've had a lot of like the cops I've had have been really good. And uh, don't get me wrong. Like they've been awesome. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I know for a fact that their hands are kind of tied it, and they couldn't they can't discuss with us that, hey, I'm only doing this because I'm being told I need to. Uh, it's not something that like chiefs usually say to the enlisted guys. Mm-hmm. But um, there was definitely a vibe <laughs> uh, that you can kind of read on, on people when you're down there. And, and can you clarify some like the scope of this to me too? So is the Marine Corps under the purview of this or is it something that's separate? Uh, my, my knowledge of the Marines is very limited. Uh, okay. They, they were our security because well, we had nuclear missiles on board, uh, potentially. Uh-huh. Uh, and so they were our, our security force when we were in port, when we were out to sea, we were our own security force. Okay. But as far as Ray Mabus, does he actually have, or the Naval secretary, does that person have authority over the Marine Corps? Or do they have their own equivalent? I'm, I'm uh, not familiar with the structure. That was, that was in my, uh, <laughs> my boot camp exam. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'd have to look it up. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Not, not, and I, I'm just curious to think about how far this goes. So my understanding that the army would have its own separate thing. Yeah. The Navy and Marine. I mean, the Navy and the I Marines, think the are, Navy and Marines being... are together. If okay. I'm not mistaken, I think they're both under the SecNav, but I, I would have to look that up. There might be another Navy. secretary. And Ray Mavis himself, I'm just kind of looking at his, through his Wikipedia here. So he was in the, uh, the Navy 70 to 72. So he actually had very, very brief stint of service. I don't know much of him beyond that, but I wonder, yeah, I just, I want, I'd be curious to know more about him and why, um, I don't know why he was chosen and why this became a priority for his term of service. I, I really think a lot of it came from the Obama administration. Like they picked him specifically for the reasoning that, um, they wanted to have this long lasting legacy that they, they did something and they integrated women to the Navy and they, uh, you know, they got a tolerance to transge- transgender people. Like, I think they're really looking for a legacy. Uh, mm-hmm. and if, and it really reeked of, you know, the last eight years with Obama, uh, give or take your opinions of it. He really was looking for a legacy. You could tell <laughs> by the policy he was, he was putting out. Uh, and it felt like that in the Navy too. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, certainly the fact pattern aligns with, with that theory. And I don't have a better one. That would be an alternative. I just, it, it sort of astounds me that, um, I don't, the, it goes well beyond the Navy. It goes well beyond this circumstance, but the degree to which we are scrambling as a society to accommodate the most fragile of a very tiny minority of people. And that's not to, you know, be nice to whoever, but from what I gather from you and certainly everyone else I've known, um, who's been in the military. I don't think never heard of anybody going out of their way to target transgender people for harassment, you know, if in, in the military or in the workplace or whatever, or, or, or women or whomever. I mean, women have served in the military for quite some time. I've, I don't know that I've ever seen like a feminist march to remove the title man from, from certain military jobs. Well, Even still with that. Um, so if you, 
the way we look at it, uh, if you're, you're, I'm an uh, so you have ugh, words. I'm sorry. <clears throat> so some rates are electricians' mates, right? Yeah. Uh, and those aren't getting touched, but potentially. Uh, but like torpedo man, you're not a woman and you're not a man. You are a torpedo man. Yeah. Like there's there's man at the end of wo like woman, right? I mean, you can't really take that out of there because it's sexist. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Like you're not a gender. You're a rate. You are this job. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with being a man or a woman. It's just you are a torpedo man. And so. I would have – I think I would have a lot less skepticism of this if it was an organic movement within the military itself. If you could show me – I don't, it wouldn't necessarily have to be even a majority, but a sizable proportion of your peers who thought this was a great change to make and really wanted to see it happen, you know, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. It's not, I don't think it's my business as a civilian to kind of dictate the finer points of military career in this way. And, and yet, um, I mean, that, that's essentially what's going on. We just have a very powerful civilian doing exactly that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, Beyond just the silliness of the policy, I think it speaks to kind of a very, I guess maybe the military will always be top down. Maybe the military should be top down. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think we should think this should, things like this should be organic from the bottom up or is top down the way to go within the military? There depends on the directive. Um, in my, again, I, I talk about small windows because in my job, I do my job. Uh, mm -hmm. My job is to you know, poke a fluke into leads and take measurements here or there and uh, work with reactor instrumentation and stuff like that, right? So um, I have lists of maintenance I have to get done. I have to write my schedules and stuff. I, I have this to do, and that is my job. Uh, I don't have time to try to think about how this affects the, the greater scheme. That's why we have leaders in place. So top-down, yeah. depending on the circumstances, is absolutely the right way to go okay. for efficiency. But uh, when it comes to like stuff that affects my rate, my division, like I, I would rather myself take care of it from my level down and not have to involve the top and come down and stuff like that. So, uh, but the, these kind of things, yeah, it's usually some, like local small test runs that they do with, with it to, to integrate it, not just, you know, top down, it's done. So hmm. I'm, not, I'm not really sure why it happened the way it did, but it was just, it was really interesting for shit, for lack of a way, better way to put it. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing has uh, boggled my mind a little bit. I, I honestly had not seen any coverage of this until you had sent it to me. And mm -hmm. so I appreciate you bringing it to my attention and taking some time out to talk about it. But um, but I, I told you to plan for about a half hour, and I think we hit that. And I've actually um, I've gone through all my questions. So unless you have more to add, I'm comfortable winding down there. I, I think I've, I've said everything I need to, but... Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you for serving, Stephen. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for offering your insight today. Uh, that's all I got. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs>